Welcome, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. This is Brother Jimmy Fortunato, and you're listening to a sermon from the Pilgrim Baptist Church in Tennessee. For more information about our church, please visit us on the web at pilgrimbaptist.church. We impart to the message concerning the two genealogies. We looked at this morning primarily Matthew. We're going to be in Luke chapter 3, I think, primarily tonight. So let's, uh, let's do that. Before we do, let's open up in a word of prayer. Brother Nathan, can you pray for us? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you've given us a record in your word. Father, that the names in the Bible, that all the different little things that you put in place, the details are so important. Father, we thank you and bless your name that you've kept them for over thousands of years and that we can trust that your word keep, is kept and protected in the King James Bible. Father, we thank you so much that you sent your son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins at Christmas time and that he arose from the grave and he won the victory over sin and death. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so we have two genealogies of Jesus, one in Matthew, one in Luke. And what do you get in genealogies? You get names. Um, typically, when people read the Bible, they skip through the genealogies. They skip through um, all the Old Testament names that are listed. It tends to be a bit dry. Um, they're there for a reason. We might not have all the reasons. It might not, it, we might want to get more on uh, Creation Week, right? That would be exciting. But God gave us what He gave us, so we rejoice in it and we're going to look at, uh, you can't exhaust the Word of God, and you can't exhaust these genealogies, but we'll get, a good, we'll get some good insight tonight. Luke 3, this genealogy follows a stricter Jewish custom. Matthew, we talked about how names are omitted. Luke 3, um, there's a lot of names there. No names are omitted. And then also in, in the Matthew account, there were some women listed, which is not traditional as well. Uh, the Luke genealogy, no women are mentioned. But this is interesting because if you're using a Jewish custom, which was to list the men, not the women, that was the custom on how they listed genealogies, how do you trace a genealogy through Mary? <laughs> well, the answer is you use her husband, which is what we're going to see. Luke chapter 3, uh, verse number 23. So in the Matthew account, it broke tradition, omitting names, and it broke tradition listing women. We saw four non-Jewish women listed. And we, we, we talked through that. Well, in the Luke genealogy there is none now in Luke chapter 3 look at verse number 23 and Jesus himself began to be about 30 years of age being as was supposed the son of Joseph which was the son of Heli now, do you see that? Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Except Joseph wasn't the son of Heli. 
except he was the son of Heli. Well, what does that mean? Well, let's find out. Go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 1 and verse number 16. Matthew 1, verse number 16. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary. Who was Mary's husband? Joseph. Who was Joseph's father? Jacob. <laughs> okay, so if Jacob is Joseph's birth father, which he is in Matthew 1, verse 16, right? Why does it say in Luke 3.23, and G, okay, and this uh, being as to the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli? Well, that was his father-in-law. Heli was Mary's mother. But sticking with Jewish tradition, the women are not listed in the genealogy, but Mary's husband is listed, Joseph, the son of Joseph, which was the son of Heli. Eli was Mary's birth father. Look what it says in the parentheses. Being as was supposed. People supposed Jesus to be the son of Joseph. Right? We see that in the Bible. That was common. We can put that together in our head pretty easily. It's easy to understand. He was really the descendant of Heli. Who was Heli? That was Mary's father. How did Joseph become the son of Heli? He married Mary. Okay, when he married Mary, but the absence of Mary's name is in keeping with the Jewish practices on genealogy. So that's the first thing I wanted you to see. There's no problem or error or need of correction. It's all there. It's all understood as we piece it together. Now, the true essence of the Gospel is something I think that we overlook when we read Luke's account. All those names. It's a lot of names. But you got from the first Adam to the second Adam. All those names. If you just stop, pause, and park and think on that, that's what we're dealing with. He's linked with the first. Jesus as the true second Adam. First Adam and second Adam. They're both heads of the human race. We need to be redeemed because of the first Adam's fall. But nonetheless, they're heads of the human race. They're called sons of God. Adam by creation and Jesus by eternal generation. We'll go back to Genesis. We'll get chapter 1. Because these chain of names, these, this generation of names is what the redemption of mankind depends on. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness 
And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Look at it. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. God creating man. Go over to Genesis 2, verse number 7. Look what it says. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. How did we get here? The atheist or the uh, seeking college student. How did we get here? I don't think we need to spend $40,000 on a college education to have some philosophy professor spend four years trying to tell you basically he don't know. <laughs> we can do it for free right here. <laughs> Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. I don't want to believe that. Okay, then spend 40 grand. People are sp parents are spending good money you want to be a doctor? Go to college, learn how to be a doctor. You want to be a teacher? You got to go to college, you got to learn how to be a teacher. You want to learn all of these things? All right, you're going to need schooling, you're going to need training, but do we need to have an evolutionist talk people out of their faith in God's Word? Apparently, people are paying good money for that. Because if it's not the genealogies that sets them off, because that's too confusing and they're different, and so there's errors. Then when you go to something so simple and so easy to understand that a sixth grader can get it, people go, woohoo, cuckoo. Because it's anything but believe God. Anything. Anything. When you talk to a lot of these people, they'll just admit to you that they can't really know anything for sure. We don't need to live like that. We've got more sure word of prophecy. All right, Isaiah 64 and 1 Corinthians 15. Isaiah 64. Isaiah 64 will do first. Isaiah 64, verse number 8. But now, O Lord, Thou art our Father. We are the clay, and Thou our potter. And we all are the work of Thy hand. We were created by God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Verse number 45, 1 Corinthians 15, 45. Howbeit, that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, and afterward, that which is spiritual. 
The first man is of the earth, earthy. Right, we read about that. The second man is the Lord from heaven. As is the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. That's every single one of us. And as in the heavenly, such are they also that are heavenly. And as we born the image of the earthy, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. Born of man, Adam out of the dust of the ground. We're the clay. He's the potter. We're born physical out of the earth. Earth, we're an earthy people. But that's not going to do us any good. We need to be a heavenly people. We need to be a spiritual people. We have a first birth that's through Adam. Our second birth is through the, sec is through the second Adam. And that's a spiritual birth. That gives us a heavenly kingdom. We need to have both. We all have the first, but we need to have both. We need to get in line and we need to get in Jesus Christ and be in His genealogy. We have to get out of the Adam, the Adamic genealogy. We have to get in Christ Jesus. Now Luke 3 goes all the way back to Adam. Let's get back over there. Oops. We see that uh, the last verse, look at that, which was the son of Enos, which was the son of Seth, which was the son of Adam, which was the son of of God by creation. Okay. Watch what happens though. We back up. Watch what happens when we come to David. It's going to be in verse 31. Which was the son of Malia, which was the son of Menan, which was the son of Mattatha, which was the son of Nathan, which was the son of David. David's son, Nathan, is listed in Luke's genealogy. Who was listed in Matthew? David's son, Solomon, was listed. Matthew 1.6, we looked at that this morning. And David, the king, begat Solomon. So both of David's sons are listed, but we see in the Luke account, Solomon's not there, Nathan is listed. So we have the house of David, both were descendants. Mary, through David's son Nathan. Joseph, through David's son Solomon. But you know what's important about this? Mary, remember we talked about Jeremiah 22 and that curse of Jeconiah? 
She's completely separate from that. Why? Because she goes through Nathan's line. Both descendants, house of David, Mary completely separated from the Jeconiah curse. Since Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, Jesus was also free from that curse and fulfills the biblical requirement for kingship. Which leads to the next question. Skeptics will say, well, Jesus wasn't the only descendant from the house of David that came through Nathan's bloodline. There were others. So what's so special about Jesus? That's why there's two biblical requirements. Descendant of David in the house of David, but also the prophetic divine appointment. And you got to have both. Because like we said earlier, um, earlier in the month, it's not really a big deal if a young woman has a baby, right? But it's a, an, a miraculous, instantaneous sign miracle from God Himself when a virgin conceives. Well, it's the same thing here. It's not really a big deal if you have another begat, begat, begat that came out of David's son, Nathan. But it is if you have a prophetic revelation from God, <laughs> which we're going to look at. Luke chapter 1. It comes from the angel Gabriel and only one only one received this divine appointment. Luke chapter 1, verse number 30. Well, let's back up and read verse number 26. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou that art highly favored, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. women. And Mary was greatly blessed by God. And the Roman Catholics make this into Mariolatry and this complete, this complete whacked out doctrine that Mary is a mediator between God and man and that's how you get to God through Mary, then through Jesus. and I mean, they got all this stuff. You pray to Mary. You do all this weird stuff. You flip beads. It's weird. But not if, you, not if, you're, not if that's all you know. That's not, not if you're brought up in that. But the other side of it is Baptists and Protestants and otherwise who you would call sects of Christianity need to respect Mary. <laughs> she was highly favored and blessed by God and a great example for Christian women. <laughs> she was. Just because one group takes something so far extreme, it doesn't mean we shy away from what the Bible says about her. We just stick with the Bible. That's what we do. We stick with the Bible. And... 29, and when she saw him, she was troubled as his saying, 
and cast her mind. What manner of salutation this should be? And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom there shall be no end. And there it is, 32, 31 through 33, we have our prophetic divine appointment. And just in case anybody's still unclear, let's read verse 34. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? We dealt earlier, verse number 27, a virgin espoused, the virgin's name was Mary, and then he wraps it up again in verse 34 with a question from Mary. And she confirms and she testifies. How's this all going to happen to me, by the way? <laughs> She's not sneaking to drive in movies and trying to, you know, fool around behind her parents' back. None of that's happening. None of that's in her mind. She's a woman that loves God. And she's trying to figure out what in the world. Don't, look, you're highly favored by God. Gabriel's trying to help her, help her out. Look, don't fear. Fear not. You're highly favored. Don't worry. King Jesus was of the house of David. We see here through Nathan, not Solomon. And the prophetic announcement from the angel Gabriel is pretty clear here who gets the throne. Alright, Jews argue that Jesus could not be the Messiah. Because Jesus was not a descendant of David through His Father. So that is one of the arguments they will use. Genesis 3 and Isaiah 7. The Scriptures specifically say that the Messiah was supposed to be different. This is what happens when we get caught in tradition, tradition, tradition. We kind of miss some simple things that the Bible says. Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. It's... And I will put enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Isaiah chapter 7. If you have it, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. All of this goes against the grain of what is normal. So when the Jews argue, well, he couldn't have been the Messiah because he wasn't a direct descendant from his father Joseph, his stepfather Joseph, his earthly father Joseph, 
It never was supposed to be normal. <laughs> That's the whole point of Genesis 3 and Isaiah 7. It wasn't supposed to be. Here's the norm. You and I, everybody in the world, that's how it goes with us. But it's not how it goes with King Jesus. It's not how it goes. Jews receive their identity from their father, but not so with the Messiah because he had no human father. Begat, verse son, something to note here in Matthew, we see the word begat, begat, begat. In Luke, we see the word son. Son of, son of, son of, son of. And it goes on and on and on. It's a sad day when someone has to uh, lose a son. But... We are all going to die. But that's a sad route to go. Usually it's easier to deal with losing your father or your grandfather or your great-grandfather. When it's the other way, that's rough. But that's the sad consequence of sin in this world. There was a little graveyard in this little area where we lived in Florida. And the kids and I would we would take the tractor down because there were back roads and we'd throw them on the back of the wagon and we'd just take the tractor for a tractor ride and we'd stop at this little graveyard and uh, it was a good opportunity to pray and a good opportunity to answer questions <laughs> for kids uh, for them to really see and understand death. Well, there was this little graveyard, uh, this little grave of a, uh, a little toddler that died. And, you know, they had all the things that little boys play with, little army guys and, you, you know, the little toys. Dad, what happened here? I said, I don't know. Well, come to find out, it was someone that we... we didn't know well, but was through our church that we were attending. And that really hit me. I'm like, wow, that's rough. That's rough for a family to have to go through that. That's a rough, rough road. And then to be able to still stay in church, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. But it's rough losing a son or a daughter but that's the consequences of sin. Nobody did anything wrong. It's nobody's fault. It's sin. A lot of this stuff is just sin. Who are you going to blame sometimes? It's, it's tough. And this world, it really is so full of vanity. I, I, I get so sick of it every day. A very small percentage of people make it to become a Hollywood movie star. A very small percentage. And a very, very small percentage of people make it to be a 
football star or a baseball star or a basketball star. But it doesn't really amount to much after you die. Now, my dad's a big baseball fan. I think, I think that my dad had an original Ty Cobb rookie baseball card. I think, I think he might still actually have it somewhere. Now, that's worth some money. Good old Ty's been dead for a long time. But you got a rookie card. You got something. You got, a, you got yourself an eBay business, man. <laughs> the memory of people perishes. The name of people perish. I was way big into martial arts. I would say Bruce Lee to some of the kids. They don't even know who Bruce Lee is. No idea. You're just an old person saying a name we don't know. It fades. It goes away. When you look at this, look at Luke 3. Who's going to name their son Sarek? <laughs> uh, Arphraxad. Methuselah. Esram. I don't think the moms are getting together. Oh, this is a good name for our son. The names perish. You look at these lists of names. God's got them there for a reason. But who's picking these? I mean, you might get a David and you'll get a Nathan, but you're, uh, you might get an Abe. <laughs> but who's picking these names? The names perish. Why are you saying all that? I'm saying it'd be a miserable life to just have an earthly name because it's going to go away. It's going to perish. Even your legacy that you pass on to your son, he's going to die. We need our names written somewhere else. We've got a heavenly purpose. We need to live with an earthly purpose. Man, I had so many, so many accolades. I had so many awards. I had so many trophies. I had so many medals. Nobody cares. <laughs> they don't care. Nobody cares, man. Because this Saturday coming up in Long Island, New York, we're putting a new champion on the podium. Somebody else is going to be first place. And we're going to crown him with the gold medal. And good for him. Competition is good. Hard work is good. Achievement is good. All that's good. But he ain't staying there forever. We've got to keep this in mind. Everything down here on earth is vanity. It's vain. This building is nothing. Nothing. All it is is a church house for people to meet. But God's people bring it alive. And God's people can sing His praises. And it's like the place is alive, you know? But it ain't. It's dead. But the, God's people are in it. And that's what we want. That's what we're striving for. That's what we're praying for. To walk into a church house where there's that buzz. Little kids smiling and running around and having to be told not to run around and jump on the prayer benches and all that fun stuff. But at least there's some life.
least there's some life. Jesus Christ is the binding cornerstone. It's according to the Spirit. To the Spirit, our genealogy needs to be linked to Him spiritually. We don't need our names written in Luke chapter three. We don't need our names written in Matthew chapter one. We need to be regenerated spiritually. A, genealog- a, a, a table of genealogies like this, if you look at it on one side, you can just mourn over it because our lives are short. We're all going to become weak and die, just like every single one of these in this genealogy. Even when we die, our family lineage lives on to some extent. But no one person is all that important to make the world go round. I'm not. You're not. I'm not special. You're not special. But we are. A vessel to be used by God. And then we we become beautifully special. When I say you're not special, when I say I'm not special, I'm talking about vanity, earthly things. Look, you don't need me. I don't need you. But we do. But we don't. Because if I drop dead tomorrow, there's going to be somebody else who's going to preach God's Word. And if it's God's Word, God's going to use it. The greatest of men die, Muhammad Ali, man. He. You look at him in his heyday, you'd think, man, that guy is the greatest. (laughs) He's dead. He's dead. The world at large hardly misses Him. You can preach the most moving sermon. People will forget it. We don't know much about some of these guys. When we look at this genealogy in Luke, does anybody know anything about Sarek? I don't know anything about Salah. I don't know anything about Methuselah. We know some stuff about David and Abraham. But by and large, we don't know much about these folks. Bottom line, our names will perish and we're going to die. Right now, we're alive and breathing and God wants to use each and every one of us. What can we do for an eternal purpose? Doesn't mean be a preacher. Maybe it's the new movers ministry. Maybe it's stuffing envelopes. Maybe it's the workmate that you got to share 20 minutes in the truck with and, and you get to talk about life things maybe it's an i don't know everybody has a ministry that they can use it can be a purpose eternally life has its ups and downs and how glorious the day will be when we are with the lord to wrap up we have jesus the son of david jesus is king we have jesus the son of abraham jesus as a jew We have Jesus, the son of Adam. That's Jesus as a man. We have Jesus, the son of God. That's Jesus as God. A Jew who kept the law perfectly. 100% God, but at the same time, 100% sinless man. That's King Jesus. We've got two genealogies that make sense. There's no reason to doubt God's Word. I find confirmation when I look at the accuracy of God's Word. One part of the Bible fits another. 
It's better to just rejoice when we start to discover little nuggets of truth. Lastly, we have the seed of the woman. Genesis 3.15. He had to come out of humanity. We have the seed of Abraham. He had to come out of the nation of Israel. We have the seed of Judah. He had to come out of the tribe of Judah. And we have the seed of David. He had to be of the family of David. The best magician in the world couldn't pull off what prophetic, biblical prophetic prophecy pulls off. I thank God we have a book we can trust and believe. Let's pray. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for Your Word. I hope it was somewhat clear and understandable to Your saints. Help us to live with an eternal purpose this week. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks a bunch for listening. For more information about Pilgrim Baptist Church, be sure to visit us online at pilgrimbaptist.church where you can also send me a personal message or learn more about joining us for a church service. And remember, Christ is all.